let's pray before we begin. Lord please let us understand your word and put it in our hearts. May it shape our lives to be more like your Son. In Jesus' name we ask, Amen. When our Lord's earthly life is over, in John 17, or just about over, <clears throat> all that is left is to die. <clears throat> and before he dies, he has some midnight wrestlings with the Father concerning his people. And so, basically, in the last few hours before his ascension to heaven, he spends his time in prayer. In John chapter 17, we have the amazing prayer. It is not called the Lord's Prayer. It should be called the Lord's Prayer. The Lord never prayed what we call the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, forgive us, or give us this day our day of bread, and forgive us our sins, our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Our Lord never prayed that, for our Lord never committed any sins. Our Lord never had to pray, <coughs> forgive me of my trespasses, for our Lord never committed a trespass. So that was not the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is this great passage found in John 17 when he said, so many things. And among them he said, Sanctify my people. He looks down the future. He sees you. He sees me. He sees every Christian who will ever live. And our Lord says, Sanctify them. Now what did Jesus mean when he said he wanted us to be sanctified? In the first place, <clears throat> he meant this. <coughs> Sanctify means to set apart from all else, to set apart from all else. Our Lord is saying, Father, I pray that Jack Hiles and Robert Billings and Ray Bordway and C.W. Fisk and Harold Sullivan and all of my people who shall ever live shall be set apart from all else. Under the Jewish law, many things were sanctified. For example, the tribe of Levi was sanctified. One of the twelve tribes of Israel was set apart to be apart from the other eleven. One family of the tribe of Levi was set apart to be priest, set apart from the other families. Aaron and his sons, Leviticus 8.30 says, were sanctified or set apart for the priesthood. A certain tent was chosen from all the tents of Israel to be set apart as a sanctified tent. We call it the tabernacle. A certain altar was set apart to be a sanctified altar, set apart from all other altars to be in the tabernacle. A certain table was set apart from all other tables to be sanctified and be a part of the tabernacle as the table of showbread. A certain candlestick or lampstand was set apart from all other lampstands in all the land that it might be a particular lampstand set apart by itself to be sanctified to God. A certain even bowls were taken from other bowls and they were set apart 
from other bulls, even bullocks, lambs, oil, doves, dishes, silverware, and so forth, were set apart that this spoon was taken from all other spoons, this bowl was taken from all other bowls, this table was taken from all other tables, this cruise of oil was taken from all other cruises of oil, this bread was taken from all other bread, and was what we call sanctified, set apart from all else. A certain day was set apart as sanctified. It's called the Sabbath day. A certain tithe, a tenth of the income was set apart. It's called the first fruits. It was set apart especially to God. Certain seasons were set apart. The season of the Passover, the season of Pentecost, the season of the Feast of the Trumpets. These seasons were set apart as special sanctified seasons. Let me illustrate. I'll bring you that chair, Brother Ray. Put it right here, if you would, please. Right there. This chair is a chair that was purchased from the Sauter Chair Company, Church Furniture Company in Ohio. Now, this particular, this particular chair here is just like, turn me up please, Tom. This particular chair is just like all the other chairs at the Sauter Manufacturing Company in Ohio. But this chair was chosen to be used or to be set apart and be placed in the First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana. Now, there are other chairs like this in nightclubs. There are other chairs like this in houses. There are other chairs like this in motels. There are other chairs like this in banquet halls. This chair is no different from those other chairs. Except, we said, we want a hundred of these chairs. And we've taken these chairs from the thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of other chairs, and we said, we want this chair set apart from the others. This chair, I trust, will never be a nightclub. <clears throat> this chair will never be in a bar. This chair is a sanctified chair set apart from all other chairs. Now, God says to you and to me, he says, I want you set apart just like that. Jesus prayed the same thing for me. This pulpit is set apart. It is sanctified from all of the pulpits. These choir chairs, these chairs up here, these pews, they could be in funeral homes. They're not. They could be in liberal churches. No talking, please. They're not. They could be in some place of amusement, but they're not. These pews, this furniture, this carpet, these chandeliers, these light fixtures are sanctified. They have been set apart from all other light fixtures, all other pews. Now, God said, Jesus said, that's the same thing I want for my people. Listen to me. God does not want his People mixing and mingling in the world. He says, come out from among them and be ye separate. You call me all you want to call me. You say, how's this too narrow-minded? I'm no more narrow-minded than this Bible is. <laughs> you say, how's he's too aloof? I'm no more aloof than this Bible is. 
You check your Bible and you'll find such statements as these. This people shall dwell alone and not be reckoned among the nations. You'll find such statements as these. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You'll find such statements as this. Friendship with the world is enmity against God. You'll find such statements as this. This people have I formed for myself. You'll find such statements as these. Come out from among them. You'll find such statements as these. Touch not the unclean thing. You'll find such statements as this. You are peculiar people, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. You'll find such statements as this. Uh, be ye separate from the world. You'll find such statements as this. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. You'll find such statements as this. I have chosen them out of the world. Listen to me. God saved you and prayed that you might be sanctified or set apart, just as this chair was taken from thousands of other chairs, and set apart from them. God wants you and me to be set apart from this world system and from this world. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's golden shore, for I can't eat at home in this world anymore. Far too much of the world has come to church, and far too much of the church has gone to the world. These eyes were not made to look upon Playboy magazine. These eyes were made to feast upon the Word of God. God did not make these hands to steal. God did not make these feet to lead me to places of sinful amusement. God did not make these ears to hear music that would not please Him. God did not make this tongue to use language that would not please Him. <clears throat> That's why you shouldn't go to movies, because you've got sanctified eyes. That's why you shouldn't listen to rock music, <clears throat> because God wants your ears sanctified. That's why you shouldn't use dirty language or filthy language. You lie. God wants your tongue sanctified. That's why you should give your hands and your feet and your eyes and your tongue and your mouth and your ears and your body to God. Jesus said, I pray that they might be sanctified even by thy word, by thy truth, for thy word is truth. This 1975 brand of Christianity, where you make movies on Saturday and testify in church on Sunday, is not in the Word of God. It's not in the Bible. This, uh, forgive me, I'll call a name or two. This Johnny Cash type Christianity is not in the Bible. This Pat Boone kind of Christianity is not in the Bible. Go to Las Vegas and perform in a nightclub. I don't care if you do testify. You're bringing folks in there to drink the day liquor. And then talk about how good God's been. God saved us to choose us to be a peculiar people, different from the world. As long as I'm pastor of this church, as long as God gives me, give me a sane mind, they'll ring forth a call from this pulpit. Come ye out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. 
What's up the unclean thing? Be ye not equally yoked together with unbelievers, says the Word of God. Now, that's the first thing. When Jesus said, Father, sanctify them through thy word. <clears throat> thy word is truth. He was saying first, I want my people set apart from the world. Listen to me. If you're singing worldly music, you're not pleasing to Jesus, neither are you answering his prayer, prayed on guest him in his garden. If today there's beer in your icebox at home, or if there has been dirty words coming from your lips this week, or if your eyes have read those things unholy, you are not pleasing to God. This modern kind of Christianity that knows no division, knows no separation, knows no uh, uh, turning from sin, is not pleasing to God. God wants to separate, sanctify, he said, and that means set apart from all else. There is, however, another part of this word sanctification or meaning. It means set apart to service. Let me say it again. <laughs> Let's take this chair. Let's say we want to take this chair from the Souter Manufacturing Company, and we're going to set this chair over here somewhere like this, and <clears throat> that chair is going to sit right there. Now, if that chair sits right there, week after week, that chair has been taken away from what it should not be doing, but that chair is not yet doing what it should be doing. What's the purpose of that chair? <coughs> that chair could say, I'm a good chair. I live at church. Sorry, chair. You weren't made just to live at church. I'm a good chair. I'm not in the tavern. That's wonderful, chair. I'd rather you be where you are than to be in a tavern. But you weren't made just not to be in a tavern. I'm a good chair. I'm not in a nightclub. I'm not in a bar. I'm glad about that chair. I don't want you to be in a bar. But you were not made just to be out of a bar. That's only the first half of it. That chair was made <coughs> to be filled by somebody. Well, the boy, come and sit in that chair. He won't do much to fit it, but now, <coughs> now the chair is fulfilling its purpose. God says, I want you set apart from the world. The things I want you set apart to service. It is not just refraining from evil speaking that God wants. It's that plus speaking praise that God wants. It's not just refraining from evil spending that God wants. It's refraining from spending your money wrongly, but God also wants you to give the tithes and offerings and spend the rest properly. It is not just to refrain from drinking that God wants. God wants you to use your mouth and drink what you drink to his glory. It is not refraining from cursing that God wants alone, or bad churches, or bad literature, or bad works. That tent that God said, I want you apart from other tents, was set apart to be a tent for worship and service for God. That brazen altar that was set apart from all other altars was set apart not to sit in the outer court, but to offer up offerings and have the blood of innocent lambs sprinkled in its flame. That labor that was set apart from all other labors was not set there to look pretty or for somebody to study in the New Testament age. That labor was set there that it might be used as a place where the priest would wash his hands 
and his feet. That golden candlestick was not set there, so it would not be a part of worldly candlesticks. It was set there uh, at, to do a service of providing light for the tabernacle. That table of showbread was not separated from other tables just so it might be sitting in the tabernacle. It was there that it might provide bread for the priest. And that altar of incense that was set in the holy place was not set there that it might look pretty. And folks might come by and say, that is not in the world, it's in the tabernacle. It was set there for a purpose that God might allow that incense to be going up toward heaven all the time. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus prayed that you and I not only would be separate from the world, but he prayed that you and I might be given the service for himself and do something for God. Thank you, Brother Ray. <clears throat> now that chair was made or set apart to service for God. Yeah, I'll give you an illustration. One time we bought a car. It was loaded. I'd always wanted to have a good car. Please take the baby out. I got more folks looking at the baby than I have at me. Take the baby out, please, right now. Not after a while, right now. And uh, so I bought a car one time. Let me say this. You may as well get used to me thinking preaching the gospel is the most important thing in the whole world. You may as well get used to that. I went to the Supreme Court one time to, to sit there, and a baby cried, and 14 or 15 guards came down and took care of that baby. Now, brother, this meeting this morning is 10,000 times more important than any Supreme Court meeting. 10,000 times more important. The country is going to hell, and God's people need to hear God's message. And some of you folks desperately need to get out of the world and live like God's people ought to live, and drink like God's people drink, and Talk like God's people talk, and wear dress like God's folks dress. Wear your hair like God's folks wear their hair. In God's dear name, there needs to be a holy urgency settled about the people of God. Well, a car one time. I'd always wanted to have one loaded. The car was an old mobile 98. Now, I bought that car because I didn't want nobody else to have it. Number two, I wanted to have it. Now, I bought that car, and I paid a down payment. I said, I'll come back, and I paid a little earnest money. I'll come back and give you some more. And uh, finished the down payment. Now, I said, look, hold that car for me. Hold that car for me. Now, that meant that car was taken, there's a sign that said soul put on it. Or the car was taken, put back in the back somewhere, taken off the showroom. And I said, please no talking. I said, hold that car for me. Okay. I went back to the down payment. The car was mine. Sanctified. Taken from the showroom and placed in my garage, my car, set apart to Jack Hyams. I was driving down the street one day, and I saw a button. I said, what was that button for? I pushed the button. I was going about 30, 30 miles an hour, and the trunk fell open. <clears throat> just came open. I found out what that button was for. Now, that, 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 that button and that trunk that opened was set apart for me already, but I hadn't discovered it yet. I wasn't using it yet. 
And I began to use that button. Boy, I, I didn't know there was such a thing as that. I, I'd, I'd show all the friends I had. In fact, both of them I showed at the same time. I showed all the friends I had. Look at what I got. I pushed that button. It opened the trunk to the car. Amazing thing. An amazing thing. Now, it was already set apart, but I was discovering more and more about it all the time. And then that part of that car had, that had been set apart from the world suddenly was set apart to be used in constructive service. One day, I uh, saw the button up here on the, on the, uh, what's the thing the steering wheel sets on? Huh? Steering wheel collar. Saw the button. <clears throat> what, what that is? I pushed it to pull it and I forget what it was. And uh, the parking lights came on. You know, kind of flash when you, I didn't know there was anything like that. Had no idea. And I, I just wanted to set to drive down the street with that thing flashing. But I'd, I'd park sometimes, just let folks know I had parking lights. Oh, 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 oh. Now, I had it already. Sanctified from other people. Sanctified, set apart from the place where I bought the car. But I discovered something else. I didn't know before. One day, I, uh, I was listening to the radio, and I saw a little, little thing up here that stuck out from, from the radio knob. It had a little handle about that big, and I, I took it and pulled it around. And the guy that was talking from up here in the front was talking from back in the back. And I turned around, and I noticed something I didn't know. There was a speaker in the back. I put the thing halfway in between, and two guys were talking. One guy's talking up here, another guy talking back there. I found another button. I twist that button, and I found I could de determine whether that guy's a bass or soprano. I'd turn him up, and he'd say, he'd say, um, this is WDDM. I'd turn it down, Chicago. And, uh, I, uh, I thought, boy, that's amazing. So I, I could, I, he could speak in the back, he could speak in the front, he could speak both places. I didn't know all this. I began to discover day by day more things that car had. Until one day I felt that I had known all about that car and that car was totally used in every facet for me. Now I had taken that car from other people a long time before every facet of that car was given to me. That's exactly the way salvation is. God says the first thing I want you to do after you get saved is come out from among them and be a separate. Listen, a Christian has no business being in a theater. <clears throat> I got a letter this week. A fellow who runs an X-rated movie house. Some of our people had gone down to the place to witness and had told them they were going to burn it down. Now hold it. That's not what you ought to tell him. No, sir. The honest, simple truth is that is irresponsible kind of talk. In the first place, you're asking for a possible legal trouble. And if somebody else burns it down, you and this church will be in trouble. <clears throat> I wrote him and I apologized. <clears throat> I said, I'm sorry. He said, he said it's not Christian-like. I wrote back and I said, you're right. And I'm glad that you are finally interested in being Christian-like. For I said, the same Bible that teaches you shouldn't destroy somebody else's property teaches you shouldn't teaches against the kind of thing that you're doing. 
And I said, since you're so concerned about our people being Christian-like, then I hope that you'll get concerned about you being Christian-like and cleaning up the mess. And I said, though I hate with a passion the kind of business you're in, I will never, never condone anybody threatening to burn down anybody's property. But the Christian you know, has no business in places like that. Because your Jesus wants you to be sanctified. The Christian had no business in places like that. Fellas, if you can't stay the whole time, I don't want you coming. The Christian has no business in, in worldly places. I just don't agree with that. That's Jesus is talking about it, not me. Not me. God, when he saves you, didn't save you just to keep you out of hell. God saved you that you might be sanctified, set apart from the world and to his service, to serve him. Then, may I say this about this chair? This chair one day was taken from the Sauter Furniture Company. Just as God wants you taken from the world. It was placed in this church <clears throat> to be used and to be, to be filled. And now it's fulfilling its purpose. But there's one other part of sanctification. Jesus said down in the next few words, he said, I pray that my people may be one. By the way, that chair as it is now is taken from sorters. That's only one-third of what Jesus meant when he said, sanctify them. That's one-third. Second-third, said in it. <clears throat> now then, is it fulfilling its purpose now, yes or no? No, it is not. No, it is not. It is filling two-thirds of its purpose. Now, let me show you what it is. Let me show you how to fulfill its purpose. Now step down in it. Now is it fulfilling its purpose? Yes, it is. Now listen. <clears throat> that chair taken from sorters, that's, that's one third of what our Lord meant when he said sanctify them. Then that chair placed in this church is the second thing. And then that chair placed with all the other chairs like it in the choir fulfill the last and the third of the purposes for its, for, for its existence. Why we bought it. If that chair sits by itself on the platform, that's why, by the way, that's why you need to belong to some good New Testament church. That's why you need to get with God's people and run with the right crowd. Somebody says, I can be just as good a Christian at a worldly place as I can altogether. Well, you, you think what you're saying is you're smarter than God. No, you can't be either. God, when he said sanctify them, he meant, oh, God, get my people out of the world. And then he said, oh, God, get my people to being used. And then he said, dear God, get my people together, for they can be used better if they're together. Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is true. Thank you, Brother Ray. God has a purpose for your life. That purpose is more than to quit something. Sure, you ought to quit smoking and then use your lips for Jesus. 
Sure, you ought to quit drinking. Then use your body for Jesus. Sure, you ought to quit watching Phil, but use your eyes for Jesus. Sure, you ought to quit cursing and then use your tongue for Jesus. But if you get with other people who are out of the world and other people are using their tongues for Jesus, then you'll find you can get a whole lot more done for God. God has a purpose for you. We were talking this morning back in the office, and Brother Fist said, you know, there are a lot of people out there in the church that don't get much attention and sometimes get none, but they do their jobs and do their work. Yes, there are. And look, you may not be a pastor, but you can be sanctified from the world to service for God with other people, one with them. You may not be a great singer, but you can be sanctified. You can come out of the world, and you can do what God wants you to do. The other day, and I'll close with this, the other day I was in Washington, D.C. There's something always exciting to me about being in Washington. I guess I go through there, fly through there, drive through, or, uh, oh, maybe six, eight times a year. <clears throat> and um, I was in Washington. I was driving down along the banks of the Potomac. My, how beautiful. The autumn coat was on the trees, and, the, and the, the forest was so beautiful. And here was the Potomac River, and across on the other side, trees, trees, trees. And on this side where I was, beautiful forest of trees. And uh, I looked at one tree. My, how pretty. The autumn coat was more beautiful on that tree than any other tree. And I said to the person with me, I said, look at there, look at there. Isn't that a gorgeous tree? And he said, yes, it is. I said, stop the car. I stopped, he stopped the car. I got out, look at that tree. And then suddenly it dawned on me. How many other trees, little bushes, way back in there? Nobody ever says they're pretty. Nobody ever says, look at the leaves on that little bush. Nobody ever says, boy, that's a, that's a beautiful... No, how many thousands of little bushes are back in the woods and nobody ever sees them at all? So I decided to pay attention to one of them. So I, I walked back through the, through the brush, back in the woods, I'm scared of snakes. I don't care if it's December or January and it's 20 below zero. I always look for snakes when I get in the woods. And uh, <clears throat> I was looking for, <clears throat> looking for snakes. Thank God didn't find any. And uh, I went back and I found one little bush. And there it was by itself. And I said, little bush, I'm always talking to things that can't talk back to me. <laughs> and I said, little bush, I said, uh, anybody ever look at you before? Little Bush said, no, you're the first one. And I said, Little Bush, you ever feel like you need it? Little Bush said, what for? And I said, Little Bush, I like to write a poem about you. So I wrote a poem. I called it The Little Out-of-the-Way Bush. I dedicate this to you who are out of the way, maybe, but God wants you. The Little Out-of-the-Way Bush. I had to look to find you with tender, extra care. And though I'd never seen you, I knew that you were there. Soon, there you were before me, so delicate and shy, so timid and so silent, unseen by passers-by. I saw your face was reddened with introverted blush, for you well know that you are a little out-of-the-way bush. 
while, while others watched the tulips, the tulips were so pretty in Washington that day, others watched the tulips, my eyes were fixed on you. The willow wasn't lonely, for you were weeping too. I saw you had a complex, an inferiority one, for there you were so peaked from hiding from the sun. Your branches were bowed slightly, your talk was just a hush. Why, you were ashamed of being a little out-of-the-way bush. Please listen, little shy one, and turn toward me your head. You need not feel neglected. Your face need not be red. God made the giant oak tree, yet made the bramble too. The God that clothed the willow has made a coat for you. You may be in a forest in a corner oh so dim, because you're not viewed by others. You're only seen by him. He did not make your branches to lay upon the shelf. He made you, little shy one, to have you to himself. Stand taller, lift your branches, and make your plumes look plush. You are to him important, dear little out-of-the-way bush. No bird on you e'er lighteth. Your leaves are never shown, for God or you is jealous. He wants you for his own. See, that's the way he planned it, for you to be unknown. Oh, see, quaint one, he wants you with him to be alone. While others are exalted and in the busy rush, he puts you on the back row, a little out-of-the-way bush. There is a place for tulips and oaks and willows too. But there in your small corner is God's planned place for you. He has to share his redwoods with tourists passing by. He shares the showy dogwood with thousands drawing nigh. He shares with all his creatures the hedges neat and trim. But when he cometh nigh thee, it's only you and him. And six days he hath labored to care for us below. He needeth on the Sabbath a quiet place to go. So raise your branches skyward and higher, higher push. For you are God's oasis, his little out-of-the-way bush. And that's what maybe you are to God. I don't care who you are, there are three things you can do. You may not can preach. You may not can sing. You may not can teach. You may not can be a leader. But there are three things you can do, and those three things are all God ever asked you to do. Separate yourself from the world. Give yourself to do what God calls you to do. And spend your life with others like yourself. Thank you for listening and if you like this please subscribe and consider liking my Facebook page and joining my group Jesus Answers Prayer.